called The Wonder of Christmas, and we're talking about how to not lose the wonder of Christmas in the middle of a busy season with, with just a lot, of, uh, a lot of things happening, a lot of busy things happening. How do we keep the wonder of the season and not let it just become something else that we do? And uh, I, I want to turn our attention to Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1 um, today. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1. It simply says this, <clears throat> After the birth of Jesus, after, now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star. Could you say that with me? Star. We saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. If you could skip down a few verses to verse 9. <clears throat> it says, Speaking of these wise men, after listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then... Opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Verse 12, and being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their country by another way. I want to preach a message today just simply called, When Do You Follow the Star? Let's pray together. Lord, speak to us today from your word. Lord, thank you that you're here. Thank you for this season. Thank you for the miracle of Christmas. God, I pray that the wonder of this season Lord, we would not get lost in all the lights and all the sounds and all the busyness, God, but we would have a new appreciation as a family, as a church family, as a people, Lord, for who you are. And if there's anyone here today that, 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 that doesn't know that wonder yet, Lord, let today just be so eye-opening. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do here today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. I want to begin by saying your presence on this planet is on purpose that you are not the consequence of some cosmic coincidence, but that God placed you here right now, Knoxville, Tennessee, December the 16th, City Hills Church, 9 a.m. service. It's not an accident. That you've been strategically placed where you are on purpose. That I believe that you are here now on this earth, on this planet, where you live who you have influence with because God knew that he had put something inside of you that he wanted to get out to the world. That you're, you're, you're not junk, you're not an accident, irregardless of what anyone else has ever said over your life, you've been divinely born, placed, created by an almighty God. He has a great plan for your life. That's what he told Jeremiah. Jeremiah uh, heard God say and wrote it down in his book. He said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. If I could say it like this, your parents may have made you, but never forget God formed you. God crafted you. God made you on purpose for a purpose. You've been built by design and God has a divine plan for your life. Uh, and in the same book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11 um, it's hanging uh, in my office in the, in the room just, just across the way. It simply says this, that I know the thoughts I have toward you, said the Lord. That, that, that God knows the plans that he has for our life. 
not only did he form us but he has a plan for our life but the thing i want to bring our attention to today is where he said in that verse for i know the thoughts i have toward you i know the plans i have for your life wouldn't it be convenient if we knew the plans god said he knew the plans i would like to say god could you share the plans with me because am i the only one that feels like i don't always understand how god operates in my life he says he knows the plans for our lives but many times we can misunderstand the journey along the way there's a lot of words we use to describe god one of the words i don't think we use enough i think it's just so true and i want to shine a light on it today is the word unpredictable god at times can be very unpredictable and i'm not suggesting here that there's any inconsistency in the character of god that that god is who he always will be he, he was a healer and he is a healer amen he was a provider and he is a provider he was a way maker and he's still a way maker there is no inconsistency in the character of god however there is some unpredictability in his activity and can i get a witness somebody there is no inconsistency in his character but there is in unpredictability in his activity from time to time in other words there are times i know who god is but i don't always understand what god is doing in my life it's like jesus in his ministry um, whenever uh, he was going about healing saving delivering preaching teaching uh, a man came up to him and interrupted him and said hey my daughter is sick his name was jairus and jesus dropped everything went and healed his daughter then uh, john chapter 11 uh, this mary and martha have a brother who's sick his name's lazarus and they go to jesus and they're like help like help us jesus our brother's sick and jesus doesn't drop everything he stays where he is two more days and lazarus dies everybody so by the time he gets to where Lazarus is, he's been dead two days, and he's stinking. <laughs> Don't you wish you could figure out exactly how God does the way that, that, that he does? And, and, and all this means simply this, is uh, the quality of my life and the quality of our life and our journey many times is going to be determined by how we handle things that we didn't expect along the way. That, that the quality of our life and our faith journey is, is, is much to do about how we deal with the things that we didn't see coming and we didn't expect along the way. In other words, if everything in our lives for us to be happy and for us to be full of joy has to be according to our plan and preference and if everybody has to do everything the way we thought and everything has to be according to our expectations, we'll never live the abundant life. But if we're willing to be the kind of people to say, God, I don't always understand you, but I choose right here, right now, to worship you with all that I am, then you'll experience something from God like no one else before. Because at times, God does things that are unpredictable. And this is the Christmas story, isn't it? Uh, the religious leaders missed the entire coming of Jesus. Uh, Mary and Joseph, there's no way they could have predicted it. And uh, specifically, the scripture that we read, our text today, Matthew chapter 2, was about these uh, wise men. Uh, we don't know how many there were. We say three wise men. Our nativity at home has three wise men. We don't know how many wise men there were. But we know this, that they had an experience with Jesus. As a matter of fact, they saw the star. That really the first messenger of Christmas wasn't an angel. It was a star. 
that, that I think it's an allusion to like Genesis chapter 1, the beginning of the Bible. In the middle of darkness, in the middle of all the void that was the world, the Bible says, God said, let there be light, and there was light. So what happens when the world again is dark, not physically dark, but spiritually dark, religion has not accomplished what man hoped it to be, that, that, that life was, was void and dark and, and, and hopeless, and then in the middle of a hopeless night, after 400 years of silence, a star shines in the heavens for all to see, announcing again that the light is here and the light has come. Jesus is the light of the world. And what I love about this star is that a star is not just for a certain group of people, but a star is seen by everybody. That if you, it doesn't matter what side of town you live on, you can still see the star if you look up. It doesn't matter what state you're in. It doesn't matter what country you live in. It doesn't matter where you come from or what your last name is. If you want to look up, you can see the star. And I'm so thankful that the star that announced the birth of our Lord and Savior was not just for a certain group of people, but it was something that was for every single person, every tribe, every kindred, every nation, every people. I'm so thankful that star was seen by people that were far away. That it was announced by the angels to shepherds there in the nation of Israel. But men from the east, we call them wise men. But they were really astrologers. They were people not only physically far, they were people that were very spiritually far from God. But they saw the star. I'm so thankful that the star shines to people that are far from God. You know, as a teenager, the star shone in my life. I'll never forget it. I grew up in church. I knew all the religious rituals and motions. I knew all the things to do. But in a concrete floor, maybe that's why I have an affinity for our concrete leprosy floor here in this uh, warehouse. But on a concrete floor in the middle of nowhere in Kentucky at a little youth camp on a Tuesday night, I, I, I saw the star. I mean, I can't, I can't, all I can say is that whenever I got off of my face, there were tears that were staining that concrete floor, and I stood up a different man, having seen something that I would never unsee, that my life was completely changed because I had seen the star. I had seen that, that God loved me and had, 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 had loved me in my sin, had loved me in my shame, had loved me right where I was, and after I saw that star, everything was changed. And I just believe I'm talking to some people here this morning that you've seen the star, and you say, my life has never been the same again. I'm thankful that star still shines in our lives. Amen. But, but the thing that's interesting to me about these wise men is not only that they saw the star, but that they chose to follow the star. And, 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 I, and I think, I think that's an that's a important detail because it's easy to see something, to have an encounter with God, but not be changed. Uh, how, how many people, the star shone for everyone, remember, how many people saw the star, felt compelled, but didn't go? See, many times it's easy to just live in the safety of religion. Live in the safety of of our comfort zone where God following him when we follow God it's 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 a journey that's out of our comfort zone I put in my notes here this morning I dare someone to abandon safe and to live your life by faith I dare you to abandon the safety of where you've seen the star 
and literally move out from that place of comfort and safety and say, God, I don't understand where the journey's going to take me, but I'm going to trust you because that's where the joy is. See, this Christmas story is celebrated by people that left their comfort zone and traveled to worship the one that they didn't know what they were going to find. They were just looking for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And church, let's, if you don't get anything else out of this message, let's follow the star. Let's give God everything in our lives. Let's don't just practice safe Christianity. Let's be the kind of people that are willing to leave our comfort zone and to listen to the voice of God. Follow the calling on our lives. That's why we have discovery experience here tonight at 6 o'clock. Because as a church, we believe there's a calling on your life that you'll never truly say, I'm living, like I'm, like I, I'm, I'm really living an abundant life until you're following that calling that God has on your life. We can't tell you what that calling is, but God can. And what we want to do as a church is connect you with Him and to, to get that purpose out of your life because there's a dream inside of you that when you do what you're called to do and I do what I'm called to do and, and, and you do what you're called to do and all of us come together that we take a journey and it leads us to an incredible destination. And we're following God. But whenever I think about this star, see, this is exciting. Like, the star is exciting. Like it's, it's so exciting. But the star took them to a very unexpected destination. So these people, they weren't, uh, they didn't have all the information. They just saw a star and they started following God. And they knew they were going to see a king. So, so my question to you is, if you were told that you were going to meet a king, like you're on a journey to meet a king, what, what would you expect to see? <laughs> like what would you expect to see on your journey to meet this king. You know, I, I'm sure they thought, you know, it's a king. We're going to see palaces. We're going to see fanfare. We're going to see wealth. Maybe they were walking on the way and they'd see this, you know, beautiful castle in the distance. And say, oh, 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 this is going to be incredible. I see the star. And the closer they get there, oh, well, that's, that's not where the star is. And, and, and that they never could have imagined, there's no way they ever could have imagined that them following the star, the supernatural star, would lead them to a stable. They never could ever imagine that following the star would not lead them to a place of opulence, but it would lead them to a place of, of difficulty. It would lead them to a stable place. There was no way they ever saw that coming. They started, they signed up to follow this miraculous star, and along the way, they've ended up in places that they never expected along the way. I want to say this morning that many times, following God's call and God's plan in your life will lead you to seasons that you didn't expect. And how you deal with those unexpected seasons and unexpected moments on your journey has everything to do with the abundant life that God has for, for us. Un, maybe you're in an unexpected physical season of your life. Maybe there's sickness in your body and you just other things are going good, but you're like, Lord, I've been following you. And, 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 and I'm dealing with a, a physical situation I just didn't see coming. Or maybe you're in an unexpected emotional situation where, where, where you're dealing with depression and anxiety and you don't have peace. Maybe you're in an unexpected financial situation where, where you, you thought following God would lead you to one place and then it, it's, you've, you've been in another way. Or maybe you're in a different, difficult situation professionally or relationally. 
Maybe people have walked out of your life that you just imagine would always stay there. Maybe you've had a change in relationships in your life and you're thinking, but God, I've been following you. I've been following the star. I didn't expect to come to this place. This is not at all what I expected. I want to tell you this morning that you can be following God and still walking through a wilderness. You can still follow God and Him walk you through difficult situations and through wilderness seasons in your life. More than just valley moments. See, valleys are moments. So if you're taking notes this morning, a valley is just a moment, but a wilderness is a season. And maybe you're in a wilderness season right now in your life. See, in the wilderness, we wonder and we wander. We, 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 we get restless and we get tired and we get spiritually depleted. See, in a valley moment, we can kind of push through it and get ourselves out of the valley. But a wilderness season doesn't seem to change no matter what we do. To see in a valley, we see the other side of it. But when we're in a wilderness, we feel like there's no end in sight. And when we get in a wilderness, we think, oh God, but I thought I was following you. But oh God, I thought you told me to do this. God, I thought you called me to do this. I thought you told me to go there. God, but I just feel like I'm in a wilderness. God, I've asked you for the right things. God, I've, I've given the right things. God, I've done all these right things, but, but, I, but I'm being led by a star to a very unexpected place. Maybe you were on the mountaintop yesterday, and, and, and this, this season you're in the valley. I want to share with you a, a scripture that's brought me much peace. Exodus chapter 13 and verse 17, after when God was delivering his people out of Egypt, he said this, so this was after the biggest thing that had ever happened in Israel's history. And it says this, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the, by the land of the Philistines. Watch this, although that was near. One translation says, although that was the shortest route. For God says, lest his people change their mind when they see war and return to Egypt. Watch this, but God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea and the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt equipped for battle God's not always interested in getting you the fastest to your destination many times he walks us through wilderness along the way but God has a purpose in the wilderness. That's what this message is all about today. I came with a heavy heart for someone that's in a wilderness season in your life. And I want just to encourage you today and to let you know. I know you're in a season you didn't expect. But I want to encourage you to let you know that God is with you even in the wilderness. See, see when I look at this, I think, oh, the wilderness, that's negative. But then I know the whole story. And I think... No, God says that he didn't give them the shortest route because he knew something they didn't know. He knew that if they fought, that they fought in this season of their lives, they wouldn't be able to have victory and they couldn't make it like they thought they would make it. And so I look at it and I think, God, that's negative. And then I look at it again in the context of the whole story and I say, no, that's not negative, that's necessary. God, it feels really negative what I'm going through right now. But if, if I could just encourage you, in the grand scheme of your story, it, this season, you'll say, yes, there were negative about it, but it was necessary. That God was doing something in the middle of my wilderness that he could not do any other place. Here's the truth if you're taking notes. That your deepest need becomes an incredible gift when it drives you to wholly depend on God. Your deepest need becomes an incredible gift when it drives you to wholly depend on God. Maybe you're in a wilderness season 
you're in a wilderness detour. You're like, God, the GPS is broken. <laughs> like, I don't understand. I don't understand why I'm here. I don't understand where I'm going. I want to encourage you, God can even be with you in the wilderness season. Elijah was a man that had a wilderness season in his world in 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah had just had the biggest mountaintop moment of his life. He had called down fire from heaven. That's a pretty good day. <laughs> called down fire from heaven. And, uh, it, I mean, just bad to the bone, awesome. I mean, I'm sure he went to bed like hashtag winning. <laughs> and then the next day, uh, Queen Jezebel gives him a message and says, hey, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and he goes from literally the mountaintop to this. <laughs> First Kings chapter 19 and verse 3, it says, then he was afraid and he arose and ran for his life. Wait a second. He had literally just called down fire from heaven. But now he's running for his life, came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and he left his servant there. I want you to notice he's alone. It says, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he asked that he might die saying it's enough now O lord take my life for i'm no better than my father's you're talking about a mighty man that goes from a mountaintop to the wilderness in a moment and church don't be surprised whenever you go through wilderness seasons along the way you say he was he was ready for his life to be taken away I love the scripture because it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't mask the, the, the humanity of the heroes. That, that if God can use somebody that, that, that asks those same kind of questions that you ask, he can use you and he can use me. Yesterday he was on the mountain and now he's on the valley. Here's, here's verse 5. Verse 5 goes on to say, And he lay down and slept under the broom tree. All he wanted to do is just go to sleep. He's depressed. He's tired. He's wore out. He's weary. He just went and he slept under the broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. I love it. And he looked, and behold, there was at his head caked bake on hot stones and a jar of water. That's the first angel food cake in the Bible. Sorry. Preacher jokes, everybody. <laughs> Crack myself. Okay. Here's what I love. God addresses his physical need. God doesn't throw him away. God doesn't say, what a loser. I'm going to go find another prophet. God says, no, I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to give you some bread. I'm going to give you some sustenance. I'm going to help you along the way. In verse 9, it says, and the angel of the Lord came again the second time. Thank God. And he touched him and said, arise and eat. And I love this. He says, for the journey is too great for you. I want to tell somebody here today, the journey is too great for you, but it's not too great for God. You may be in a wilderness season, but don't stop because the journey may pass through the wilderness, but you're not going to end up there. The journey may be too great for you, Elijah, but keep on trusting me. God's going to do something great in your life. You're just passing through the wilderness. And he arose and ate and drank. And he went in in the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights and came to Horeb, the Mount of God. <laughs> Sounds real spiritual until you read the next verse in verse 9. And then he came to a cave and he started hiding. <laughs> and he lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? <laughs> Man, if that doesn't describe someone in a bad season, he even has a touch of God and he goes back into the cave. You ever been to church and had a touch of God and then go back to your cave on Sunday afternoon? 
You ever, you, ever, you ever had a powerful time in the Word and then one phone call, you're back in the cave again. You're back in a difficult season again. You think you're doing good and then you're back in, back in it again. In verse 10, God doesn't leave them alone again. I love the grace of God. It says, I've been very jealous for the Lord. This is what Elijah is saying. The, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars and killed your prophets with the sword. I, even I, only am left. You know, when, we, when we're in wilderness season, we feel like we're alone. It wasn't true. He wasn't the only prophet left, but he felt like he was. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And, before, and behold, the Lord passed by. Watch this. A great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke it in pieces, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of a low whisper. He thought he was all alone. He was wanting to God to do something big and something great in his life, but he's in a wilderness season. And you would think that God in all of his might, in all of his power, in all of his strength would always be in the big demonstrative fires and earthquakes and, and, and big promotions and stories and health and wealth and strength. All, like you would think that's, like that's where God only is and that's the only way he speaks to us in our lives. But in this wilderness season, he says, I'm not going to be in the fire. You've seen me in the fire in the last season, but, but in this season, I'm not going to be in the fire. You, you saw me shake the earth, and, and you saw the prophets of Baal, and you, you, you saw God on display, but I'm not going to do something in this season like I did it in the last season, but I want to teach you something a little bit different. I'm not in the fire, I'm not in the wind, I'm not in the earthquake, but I'm in the whisper. I wrote in my notes, why the whisper, God? And I felt like the Lord just really helped me out. He says, I wrote in my notes, God whispers because you have to be close to hear a whisper. God whispers in our wilderness because in our wilderness, He's closer than you could ever imagine. God whispers in the wilderness because He's close. If you're taking notes, here's another truth for you. We may enjoy God on the mountaintop, but we get to know God in the wilderness. Elijah would say, I, I love the mountaintop experience. It was awesome. It was incredible. But Lord, in the wilderness is where I've heard your voice. And could it be, church, that this wilderness you're walking through, it's not negative, it's necessary. And if you'll embrace what God is doing in your life, you'll hear his voice like never before. But you have to be willing to surrender your expectations along the way. And I think that's where our wise men are that we read about earlier. <laughs> They're following this star. <laughs> They're not going to some palace like I'm sure they imagine. They're going to this, <laughs> at this time they left the stable, but they're in this house of these two poor young people with a baby. And in this place, what I love about it it says in verse 11 that they fell down and they worshipped him. Here's what I love. 
They, 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 they fell down and they worshipped him right there in that unexpected place. They bowed down and they worshipped him right there where they didn't fully expect. Undoubtedly, they didn't expect to see things the way that they were seeing them. But they still bowed down and they worshipped God right where they were. And then they gave gifts to God. They gave incredible gifts to Jesus in that moment. They did not adjust their gift and their worship to their circumstance. They didn't adjust their worship to their expectation. They adjusted their expectation to the worship of God. And they said, right here, right now, in this place, we didn't see this coming. But right now, we're going to bow down and we're going to worship God. I think that's really a, 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 a picture of what worship is. Worship is a surrender of our expectations and a trust in who God is. They put down their expectation and worshiped the real Jesus, not the Jesus that they expected to see. Many times, I think we can, worship, we can be worshipers of our own expectations. God, I'd give you praise if this in my life was the way it is. God, I give you praise if this was different. I give you praise if I was further in this area. I give you praise if you'd already healed like I thought you were going to heal. God, I'll give you praise if, if you would touch this and if you would do that. But, but these men, right in the middle of their un, unfulfilled expectation, they bow down and they give their worship to God and they just worship Him right where they are. Surrender what you thought it would be and trust that God's plan is better than your plan. God is so good that He is willing to not give you what you expected from time to time. I feel that way with my kids. And if you ask them what they wanted for Christmas, man, they get a stick of bubble gum and a, whatever's in front of them. That's what they want. I say, son, you can't get that. It's got Christmas going. I want that right now. Do you want this instead of the, you know, whatever, Xbox or whatever the big gift is? Yeah, I want that. Well, in their mind, they don't even understand the value of what their dad really wants to give them. They just want what they want in that moment. But when they surrendered, it's so powerful. When these men that were far from God and followed the stars came to an unexpected place, they surrendered their lives to God, and they found two things that I'm sure they never could ever have expected that was greater first of all they found purpose and secondly they found new direction see their gifts were fulfilling of a purpose that they could have never imagined the gold represented kingship because Jesus was the king of kings the frankincense symbolized deity that he was God in flesh son of the living God and the myrrh represented it was a burial spice. It represented the sacrifice. And there's no way these men could have understood the purpose that they were fulfilling in the middle of this unfulfilled expectation. And secondly, after they fully surrendered, they got a brand new direction. We read it together in verse 12. It says, And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. If I could encourage somebody today, if you will give God your whole heart, your whole life, if you will bow down to Him in the middle of your unexpected circumstance, I promise you, He'll give you a new direction. 
He'll give you a new hope. Because where you are, it looks like it's in a stable right now. It looks like it's in this bad place right now. But oh no, you just give it 33 years and you're going to see a King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the God of all creation. They could have never imagined what God was doing. But they had to surrender their expectations to God. So let's do that here today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Lord, we give our lives to you. We give our best in our brokenness. God, we give our hearts, we give our souls, we give our expectations to you, Lord. I pray for those here today. Lord, I know you laid it on my heart. There are those here today that they are struggling in a hard season. Lord, and I don't mean to diminish that one bit, but rather to encourage them to keep on trusting, keep on surrendering, bow their knee and give their gifts and worship, not the God of their expectations, but the real Jesus. Whisper to us, God, we're, we're open. Speak to us, Lord. Holy Spirit, would you speak right now to hearts and lives? Give visions and dreams and revelation. God, let them see, God, that you are with them every step of the way. They're not alone. It's just an unexpected season that happens when we follow the star. But we bow our knee. We give our gifts. We fulfill the purpose you've called us to. And we walk in new directions, Lord.